Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Brian Sanner from LK Lures. Uh, Brian's a super cool dude. He helped donate when we did a giveaway, some lures, and uh, he tells us his story. And Go support him if you can. Follow him on Instagram on LK Lures. He's got uh, all kinds of different lures. I'm sure if you message him, he'll give you a breakdown on what he has, but his weed list is a pretty big deal. Uh, check that out. Thanks to everyone that entered the Demiki giveaway. It helped out a lot. Uh, yeah. So whoever want, the people that won is Alexis 13 by 7 or 13 times 7. Uh, Memo Valenzuela 9 and Chasing Tailfish. I got a hold of them already. Uh, they'll get a nice package from Demiki. And yeah, and the next one we have coming up, I think in a couple weeks, will be a Phoenix M1 when Phoenix comes on. So. That'll be another fun one. And uh, don't forget to check out Ambitious Ales. They're our beer sponsor. They uh, help everyone get a buzz on when they come on the podcast. So check them out too. Uh, I'm going to do a short read and then we'll have uh, our uh, professional uh, voiceover guy, Shannon, come and <laughs> do it up for us. So... Um, Ambitious Ales is a microbrewery located in the beautiful community of Bixby Knolls in Long Beach, California. They serve classic beer styles with unique ingredients that are perfect for both the craft beer enthusiast and those new to craft beer. Beer isn't your thing? This is still the spot for you. Ambitious Ales prides himself in offering beers that even the non-beer drinker may enjoy. If you still can't find a beer that you dig, then sip on some homemade cold brew coffee uh, or the refreshing cold pop. So tell me about the beer, you say. Um, I've been drinking right now is the Fleurs and the, uh, IPA. I think it's called, uh, clock. I forgot what it's called, but I have to look, but their IPAs are great. They're, uh, they're Belgian table beer. I guess that's what it's called. It's really good. My wife likes that. So if you're a girl, you're going to like that one. So go check them out. They're located on 4019 Atlantic Avenue in Long Beach, uh, Stop by and say hi. And uh, they have a patio. So if you guys have dogs, you can bring a dog there and hang out. So check that out. And hopefully we'll have something soon on that. And listen to the podcast. Hope you guys enjoy this one. We've got a, another one this week. I think it's going to be uh, on Thursday. We'll be, or Thursday or Friday will be Peck from Gray Fishers. Uh, Barrio Boys. They do both those things. All right. Listen. But the Bite Journal is our newest sponsor. And if you like the rawness of Cast and Crank, it's 132 pages are for you. The Bite Journal is all about blood, scales, and roots. Surprising subjects. Long-form investigations of famous vessels and epic destinations. Profiles of honored pioneers and respected young guns alike. And a half scoop of commercial fishing intel along the way. If it's legit, it fits. If it's trendy, poor value, won't be here next cycle, or irrelevant to your fishery pass such rich waters deserve a vivid authoritative publication of record and the bite has gladly accepted that challenge each edition features a raft of articles equivalent in page count to any three copies of a standard fishing periodical the bite isn't for everyone but if you favor a limited load high results experience you just found your ride subscribe at thebitejournal.com and if you are not following them on instagram at the underscore bite b-i-g-h-t you are blowing it 
Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today I have Brian Sander with LK Lures. Hello. Uh, he was part of the giveaway, which I need to still, it's off Saturday, it's been a week since it fucking went out, I know. Uh, I need to send out the giveaway win, but he was the guy that donated the LK Lures, uh, weedless baits. You make all kinds of baits, not just weedless, correct? Um, yeah, I make... I like make a five inch. I make a, a a couple different sized swim baits, you know, but I primarily stick to the weedless because I, I, you know, I like pouring them. I mean, mm-hmm. and they're they're easy enough for me to pour. They just seem to be when I look at the end product, I'm I'm happier looking at a weedless than I am at a regular swim bait. Do you fish the weedless more? You think? Um, I think I do nowadays mm-hmm. because I'm fishing more areas that are conducive to fishing a weedless bait. Mm-hmm. As opposed to a regular swim bait, um, I think I like it better. I think it's definitely nice to get a reaction bite, you know, where you could actually see the fish eat the bait. And, yeah, you know, and, um, I, you know, it's just, it's just a, uh, to me, it just seems a little more exciting. So then you you kind of focus more on uh, tuning your weedless bait than well I now do. it's pretty tuned. Yeah, uh, but before you were focusing more on. Uh, tuning that weedless than your other baits right but i mean you still have a a regular swim bait regular swim baits and i think you know it's really hard to mess up a swim bait you know because (laughs) i mean because the lead head is just going to dictate what that bait does it's going to keep it down it's going to keep it swimming straight more or less you know and you don't really have a lot of problems with those but weedless baits are to me are a lot more fickle they're they're harder to get to do what you want to do if it's not balanced right you know and and then it's the it's the bait itself, but then it's also the rigging. You know, if people don't rig them right. My my baits in the past it seemed to be a little more sensitive to being rigged right. It had to, the eye of the hook had to be right center line of the nose, hook coming through the back of the bait in the center, not off to the side. And other baits, you know, like ponchos, you know, it was a it seemed to be a little more forgiving. You know, and, and, and so I, I mean, who's I talking to? I'll say it's Jeff Leafson mm-hmm. saying how you tune a crankbait. You almost got to put that eye hole screw perfectly inside of the weedless to get it to swim correctly, too. Right. Because if it's off to the side of the hole, it's going to swim fucked up. And that's the kind of the I, I even I still have a problem sometimes rigging them right, you know, because <laughs> it, it seems like even with the owner that um, the springs that they put on the center point springs. Mm-hmm. You put that point in the center of the bait, and it doesn't always put that hook, the eye in the center. You kind of have to, you know, fudge it mm-hmm. to the right, you know, just you know, a hair, just to get that eye to line up right in the yeah. bait. Yeah. And some baits, like I say, they're a little more forgiving. So if you're off a little bit, it doesn't really affect the the way the bait operates in the water. So yeah. So when you started making your bait, how long ago was this? Ooh, uh, wow. Um, I want to say it was maybe. Uh, I don't know, eight, ten years ago, maybe, maybe eight years or something like that. Ago. Was uh, you were around when Pearl? Yes, was no, you, yeah, they were. Pearl kind of already had something. Yeah, Pearl already had all that stuff out. They already had a, a um, their weedless bait. They already had what I think they called it, like a slug. It's kind of a dragon tongue. I think he mm-hmm. called it. And uh, Corey had theirs. Yeah, too. Corey they had, had his or just yeah. the slug. No, no, he had the the weedless. Okay, before I was doing it. Okay. And, you know, it's kind of the reason why I started making the weedless because, you know, it, that was kind of a, the new thing. You know, the slug was kind of a new thing, but it was hard to use. The hookup ratio wasn't very good on them. But you got a lot of a lot of blow ups and a lot of, you know, visuals, but they were just a lot of people weren't getting a really good hookup rate on it. And I don't know if it was because the, it was such a fat piece of plastic, mm-hmm. you know, that his big slug. But it, it definitely got the fish's attention. But the weedless was just a. The next evolution, it just worked so much better. The hookup ratios were you know, right on. You Tail know. kicking, probably not. Yeah. 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 Um, I said, but he, I, I don't know who the actual pioneer of the whole weedless thing was, if it was the Mondo bait guy or who created it, you know, but there was a lot of guys that followed after, followed suit. Mm-hmm. And yours, uh, what made you want to make yours? Weedless baits or baits in general? Your weedless, weedless bait. Um, Basically, like, were you making baits before the weedless? Uh, yeah, I was making baits before the weedless. Okay. But the weedless bait was because, you know, I I just evolved from you know kayak to boat mm-hmm. fishing, and 
that's about when the Weedless Bay came out and we started using Corey's, you know, his Weedless and it was just so much, it was just like a new thing. It was like, wow, it's it so exciting to see these fish come up and, and, and hail the bait and, or blow it out of the water, or, you know. And, you know, just like everything else, where I live, you know, San Bernardino, it, you don't have many options to, <laughs> you know, as far as everything's a long drive to get to. Um, so I started doing my own stuff, you know, just like everything else. When I first started making baits, it was just to, um, but necessities yeah. because, you know, I'd go to the tackle store and they would never have the size of bait I needed in the color I needed. You know, and so it was when kind you of first bummer. started, though, you were you were just pointing regular swim baits. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I probably started out like a lot of you know guys. You know, I took a fish trap and I I did a really crappy mold of it. You know, and and I thought to myself, you know, it's, it'd be nice to do one that was mine. You mm-hmm. know, and I had no idea how to make a bait. Um, no one, I never conferred with anybody, never talked to anyone. I kind of figured it out. And there on was my own. YouTube wasn't really a big presence then. No, not 10 I, years ago. No, right? and I wasn't very good at on, on <laughs> computers and whatnot back then, anyways. You know, it's kind of funny. Are you, are you good now? No, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still not very good. <laughs> I, I know just enough to get in trouble online, and that's what you know. But yeah, it was funny. Uh, I sat there one day. I was like, you know, these guys talk about carving baits. I'm going to carve a bait of my own. So I grab a piece of wood from Home Depot, you know, just a regular piece of pine, you know. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. And so I sit on the porch and I got this knife and I'm trying to, I draw this bait out. It looks pretty wonky, you know, and I'm kind of cutting at it. And I'm like, like two hours I, and I barely got anything done. I said, this is bullcrap. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of gave up on it, you know. And, you know, like I said, everything I know about making baits, I figured out on my own pretty much or watching you know, or listening to people, you know, I, I don't think I really, I don't know that I ever really reached out to anybody because it's just not what I'm comfortable with. I mean, you know, as far as that, you know, I'm not going to, do you want to bug anyone? No, say, hey, how do you-, you know, because I, I just, a lot of the guys I didn't know at the time, you know, uh, Gary Reyes, well, he, he wasn't making baits at the time. Um, I knew Pearl. I, I didn't know Mike Stembridge personally, but I, I knew, knew of him. him. I've yeah. seen him at the ramp a few times, you know, and he doesn't know me. He probably didn't know me from the man in the moon, but yeah, you know, it's hard for me to want to reach out to someone like that when I don't even know him, you know, and he doesn't know who I am. So, and this isn't, in, this isn't social media time. This is like, mm. you go up to the dude and you go, Hey, kind of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, and I, I figured out how to do it. And a lot of guys use the clay and I'm no good at that. And I tried it once and I'm like, this is not going to work. And other guys are really great at it, you know, and it's just not my medium. Yeah. I like wood. Like I've done, made some of my bits. I think it's, fun to me like just carving out of wood yeah and i feel like i i'm i the only problem i ever had was smoothing out the wood uh plug i feel like i could never get it fucking perfectly smooth it's tough i mean there's the right kind of wood to use and there's the stuff that isn't as good for making baits and that's what I use the, the crappy stuff from Home Depot. Would, I mean, guys, did you end up buying like a birch or something like? No, I think guys, uh, you know, there's like uh, basswood. I hear is really good for mm-hmm. using hand tools mm-hmm. to get finer details in it without the wood getting all splintered and and you know frayed looking. And but I that's why my baits don't have a ton of detail in it. You know, and at first I was dead set against all that because it's like it caught the fisherman, not the fish. Mm-hmm. You know, and then after a while, I was like, you know, this. It's what they, it's what they want. You know, you, just, you can't hey, win. You need to catch both of them, right? <laughs> you do, you do. You know, I mean, you really do. And you know, I, I first I did my baits with the eyes that kind of just like little bubble eye, you know, stick out, kind of like a uh, MC style, you know, eyeball. And I was like, eh, I remember telling Bobby, it's like that's all bullcrap. I'm never putting eyes on my stuff. You know what I mean? And I didn't do it really. Now I'm doing it, but I didn't do it because that's what people wanted you know just because it's kind of the evolution for me you know when i first started making my first weedless bait is the one i use still today and it mm-hmm. it it's it's ugly i mean it's it, it really is it, it, doesn't, it doesn't look like anything yeah it's a popsicle stick with a tail on it uh-huh. but it gets bit everywhere we go and it, even to this day you know and it's it's pretty amazing. It just, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just really, if you look at, if you lined up a uh, Pearl and all these uh, Corey's bait and everything, and you put my old seven inch in there, it, 
I think if you said, okay, guys, pick your favorite bait, that bait would still be left on the table. At the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you have an action on it that's kind of different. Yeah, and I think a lot of guys everyone's different on what they want from a bait. Some guys want a bait that has a waggle, you know, mm-hmm. a heavy thump, you know, and I don't, I mean, that's just my thing. And you're never going to please everybody. Mm-hmm. Some people want that. Some people don't. And I don't want it. And you feel like you're making these baits for yourself. kind of. I do. Yeah, I do. Because it's what I, cause I, I'm the primary user of them. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, it's obviously I'm not getting rich, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, um, and I don't have them in tackle stores and I've had the opportunities to, and think, thankfully, I rejected the opportunities only because they weren't ready. I oh, you had off you you yeah. had a chance. Well, I've had opportunities. Stores. I've you know where <clears> I <throat> where I could have had them in in tackle stores and from people various people you know putting in the word or or kind of trying to arrange things, but it wasn't ready for it. You know, I mean, I was using really bad plastic at the time, and I think anyone who got baits from me in the beginning could attest to that. I mean, and, and I think uh, that's probably why I, I've suffered. To this day, even though it's, I've changed the plastics and everything's better now. I think it's kind of with certain people, it's once bit twice shy. You know, they've 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 gotten burned. You know, not burned like I didn't try to rip anyone, but the plastic was bad. And then if they sat around for a while, they just kind of melted. You know, I mean, as far Fuck. as as far as um, they leached a lot of oil out okay. of the plastic, yeah. and you know, I've seen that with other baits and other companies too. You know, and it just it was just one particular manufacturer of plastic. Um, I don't How know. many gallons did you pour of that? Oh, when I first started, that's all. A ton, a ton of baits, you know. Wow. And there was guys that got, you know, um, that told me about it, and I, and I felt bad, you know, and I replaced some of their baits, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of it was nowadays people just probably associate that that have bought my baits before that don't buy them anymore. They probably just think it's the same product, you know. It's yeah, not. yeah, but I mean, how long ago was that? I mean, shit. At least three years ago. Yeah, I, I mean, did, last three years I've been. I, I switched it up. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, do you does the plastic? So I know Mike. We had him on. He uses a, a heavier, thicker plastic. Do you like to use something with a little more action in it? That's, that's I. A little yeah, I think he's. I think he's using like poncho. They use that. That real. Um, he said he used lure craft. Yeah, lure craft. This yeah. is what I'm using now. Okay, um, but. They're using that real, the real um, heavy blend, mm-hmm. you know, the heavy um, mix, and I'm using the sixty forty, where it's it's saltwater blend. Uh, sixty forty, do they pre mix it for you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's uh, it's still a saltwater plastic, but mm-hmm. it's not as rigid or stiff as the stuff that they're using. Okay. And you know, and Poncho and 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 Pearl, you know that that works fine for them because they their baits have that bigger profile and they have that that bigger tail that's going to push more water and it's going to yeah. even that even though their baits are um plastic is a lot harder that tail is just going to push that water a lot more it's going to get the action still you know mm-hmm. where mine probably it'd probably kill the action a little bit because my tails are a little thinner and my baits are more of have more of a shimmy than a than a, a thump mm-hmm. and it, you know and that's that's what i like when you look at a bait in the wild you know in the water fleeing from like if you see bait fish fleeing from a calico in the water you're not going to see them just going all wonky and rolling on their sides and, and stuff like that. They're just, they're darting through the water. They're just, you know, they're, they're tracking straight, <laughs> but their tails are just doing that little yeah. tight wiggle. Yeah. You know? And that's what a lot of mine do. And everyone's gets bit. I mean, it's just use whatever is appropriate at the time. And you, you feel know? like maybe the user can make that change too, like who, how you work it. Right. Yeah, to a certain degree. Okay. To a certain degree, I mean that the tail is just going to dictate everything. You know, the, the tail on that bait is going to make that bait swim with a with a waggle or or a heavy thump. You know, and it the faster you do it, like a fast wind, it might straighten it out a little bit, but it's still going to have that heavy you know mm-hmm. thump to it. It's just going to be moving a lot faster. Yeah. And my bait, you know, it'll it'll it, it tracks. It's one of those bait that tracks, and it has a shimmy to it. And you can wind it faster, and it'll just, you know, tail just move tighter. And the calico bass, they see everything, whether it's you know a heavy waggle or or a little <laughs> shimmy, they're gonna they see it. You know, it might induce um, more bites. You know, and mine's my baits are just an alternative. It's not they're you know I don't make the best baits out there. You know I don't make the only bait out there. It's just an alternative to everyone else's. You know. Do what, you ever uh, fish them in freshwater? Do I ever fish them? Do you fish freshwater no. at all? No, not since I was probably 
10. <laughs> oh, fuck. No, I, I mean, I think everyone started there. How old were you when you started getting serious about Calico? Um, it was probably after I came out of the army and we went through the whole progression of fishing, you know, we, a kid lake, uh-huh. graduate to a, the party boats, you know, then I didn't like the party boat scene. It was just too many, you know, too many people and too many problems. And <laughs> so we started, we went to the next thing. We float tubing, mm-hmm. you know, and we were float tubing Cabrillo. We were launching through the surf, you know. So you were, you part of the uh, kind of original Calico. I mean, how, when were you float tubing Cabrillo? How old were you? Uh, what year was this? Well, probably maybe uh 24 25 ish you know so it was 90 uh 94 96 97 maybe and you were float tubing it then were you just doing live bait no we were fishing fish traps that's before i was making So that's what i'm trying to get at is were you around when this kind of whole thing kind of came about kind of like so mike talks about him running to the islands and float tubing long beach harbor you're doing it at the same time almost correct I guess so. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe yeah. in a different way. You didn't yeah. know Mike. At, did no. you know Mike when then or no? No, I didn't know him back then. No. I, I didn't. I don't even know. If, I don't know how long he's been doing pearl swim baits. But you know, I, I don't know that I even knew there was a pearl swim bait back when I was float tubing. Okay. Know? Which I don't think there might have. But you guys, I think, were doing the same thing. Yeah, at the same because time. yeah, because I think he does everything through performance tackle. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And when I was a kid, the only tackle store I really went to because I, I grew up in Norwalk. The only one I went to was. Um, uh, save on tackle, you know. Oh, really? Did you know Matt then? Koch? No, I knew Landis Find. Oh, you did? Yeah. So you've known him for a long time. I know, I've know. i known him for a long time. Yeah. yeah. We used to fish on the uh, out of Belmont Pier on the half-day boat oh. and whatnot together. Three-quarter yeah. day half-day boats a lot, you know. We were never, you know, buddy-buddy. We knew each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then... Did uh, you have a guy you still fish with that, that you uh, have fished with since then? Like a buddy that you yeah, fish with? Yeah, well, I grew with uh, the guy I went to high school with, Robert Yacomonis. I fish with him all the time, you know. Oh, you I'm, guys when, have both kind of done the same? He's got his own boat, and I got my boat. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a pilot house-style boat, and, mm-hmm. you know, the only when I fish with him, we're usually fishing, you know, Coronados or offshore yeah. or whatnot, you know, because his boat doesn't really lend itself well to fishing coastal stuff like I do. Yeah. Know? So you were 24 launching float tubing Cabrillo yeah. like a madman? Yeah. Fucking we, crazy. We did that for a while, and, and then we did the kayak. We just whatever generic kayak we can get. And I think mine was like the the most generic kayak. You could, it, which, I think we bought it at some Walmart or something. Yeah, something yeah. like that for real. You know. Yeah. And you know, I I remember uh, buying a Rhino bar from Jeff Krieger. You know, and mm-hmm. and hooking that up on the boat. You know, it put my tackle, clip it to the bar, and then the rods to that thing, and. Yeah, Cabrillo, we, we had a lot of really bad landings, you know, crashes coming did in. Did you did you uh, lose a lot of tackle? Yeah, we had a yard sale or two. Fuck. Yeah, because it's kind of a short break over there. It's just, yeah. you know, you got to... Off gotta, the beach, you're yeah, doing it. Yeah. So you're going, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, you know, going out is no big deal on a kayak to me. I mean, if there's a big wave coming, you, you, a lot of times you could punch through it mm-hmm. if, you, if you're lined up on it right. It's surfing but in. Coming in, I, it, coming in, I always get that feeling in the pit of my stomach when I look and I look at the. If I'm like a mile off the beach and I could see the white water, and I just think, man, it's going to be a really painful landing. It's going to be really tough because you got to time it right, and yeah. you got to you got to have a kayak that tracks well, you know, and you got to be able to know how to use the kayak and how to lean into it with the paddle and. Yeah, Cabrillo, being that it breaks right on the shore like that, it, it's not a, a wave that rolls from like quarter mile out, and you know mm-hmm. it. it it humps up and breaks right there on the beach and it gets big. Did you, uh, how long did you kayak fish for? Uh, I probably did the whole kayak thing for probably, I would guess maybe seven years. Tournament? Tournaments, plastic Navy. Did yeah. you, uh, fish a Moyer? Uh, yeah. Fish? Yeah. He, did you fish against Matt Moyer? Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. It was, it was, it, it was fun back then. You know, I think they had the, uh, you know, Back then, they had the biggest kayak tournaments, you know, where it had 200 plus, 250 Shit. kayakers. And there was one year, both, I forget what year it was, they were both spotty tournaments out of Mission Bay. And I think um, there was like 250 kayakers, and I won that tournament. 
Oh, wow. And then Good. a couple months later, we had another tournament in Mission Bay, and I won that one. Uh, you know, spotties or was it spotties? Just, yeah, I think really? I had, I think I had five spotted bay bass that were was almost twelve pounds. How big were those? Fucking I had things? one that was over three, Shit. and the rest were like two. You know, what's big. your PB spotty? I don't know. I I know I've I know I've had to have a couple that were a little bit north of four pounds, but I never put a scale locally on them. or like down south. No, I well, one of them was Shelter Island, really San Diego Bay, yeah. and the other one was Newport. Newport that on a on a watermelon <laughs> yeah on a watermelon spinnerbait on your kayak yeah wow yeah, yeah. and we did it, we didn't get a I had a scale on the boat we were pre fishing for one of the plastic navy tournaments and I caught this monster this giant I mean it was a, it was probably one of my biggest bodies in my life mm-hmm. and I called my buddy over and I was gonna take a picture and then you know a couple other tournament guys were coming that way I'm like God I don't want them to see it you know <laughs> you know because. Everyone's got their eyes everywhere. It's just like both. Do you feel like it's still like that now? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it, that doesn't change. Everyone's got their eye on everyone else. Everyone's you know surfing the internet, trying to look for the someone to slip and and, and put a background somewhere. Or <laughs> I saw Eric Bent one time. He was talking about on a podcast where he tied up all like weird Carolina rig yeah. shit, random shit, and then when he got out, he retied everything. Yeah. Well, that's what I tell <laughs> Carrie, my partner. I was like. Because because it got like that. It's what I call everyone shows up in the morning for the tournament and they, uh-huh. they boat check everybody. Yeah. Like you walk up and say, hey, what's going on? And you're looking at his rods the whole time. <laughs> you know, you see what he's got tied on. And I told him, I said, you know what? I just don't rig. Just don't get the line to the guides. Don't put on shit until we get out, launch the boat. You know oh, I mean? really? You just not say, that fuck I, it. Not that there's any secrets, but back then, you know, and I got busted by Landisfine a few times, you know, and, and Matt Kim from Aruru, yeah. you know. Because uh, trying to, you know, bait and switch or, or rope-a-dope them or not give them the true dope, you know. But back then, I felt like I really, before I had the Roballo, when I had a 90-horse century, you know, and it was a fast boat, but not when these guys are fishing, you know, 150 to 300-horse motor. Well, what do you, you have? Know. You have a 200 on your Roballo? I do now, and yes. it's still not fast as boat. <laughs> you know, now, you know, I, you know, truth be told, I mean, Bobby's whaler, that thing is a freaking monster, man. That thing moves pretty good for a 150. I, I had I had the Rabalo um pegged and I was just keeping up with him. Fuck. You know you know I've been looking, I think that might be my next boat. Affordability because everyone I talk, the, yeah, Rabalo. Yeah. Cause I'm like, you could look maybe in the fifties, you know, something around there. Yeah. I can't afford it. And you know, I you still hear a lot of people saying that, you know, even the the bigger rangers, you know, they just still don't ride like very well. You know, I mean, I, and every one I talked to that owned a Bahia, I mean, no, no offense to the to rangers, mm-hmm. you know, but they just everyone just wasn't very happy with the ride on it. You really? know, I mean, I just I don't know what it was, but it said it. They would say that the the ass of the boat would 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 just hit real hard all the time. And the only thing I could say is I've been on Benny's. It was wet, but I mean, we're sitting on those back seats, so mm-hmm. I, I other than that, it was fine. Bobby's. I've been on, and Eric Bentz, the his dad's his boat, brother, Jerry, yeah. they fucking were smooth as shit. Like, I've yeah. never been on a boat. Like, I was like, now I saw Garrett take off in his rain, brand new rain. I'm like, fuck, that thing jammed. I know. Dude. I saw him. I saw him <laughs> take off, too, and I and I watched him keep pulling away from me. <laughs> but that's just the way it is. I mean, I'm happy with what I got. You yeah. know, and it, It's not the best riding boat in the world, but it's a ton better than... What you had before. Oh, yeah. 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 No, it's, How it's long did you future. fish your old boat for? Five years. Really? Yeah. It, it was a great boat. I wish I had it still. I mean, I, I just didn't have any room in, yeah. uh, in my driveway for it. You know? Yeah. But it, it's, it was really a good boat. I mean, it had everything. You know, it had the the, the iPilot trolling motor, had Fuck the onboard alternator like charger. It was, it was ready to go. I mean, it was a good boat. Yeah. You know, and uh, I was sad to see it go, but, you know, I was excited for the new boat. Oh, of course. Just opens up a lot more. And you bought that... Five years ago, then you bought four years ago. The Century, no, the, the uh, Rabalo. Uh-huh. No, I've bought it two years ago. Two years ago, wow, yeah, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, it's in. It's been in the shop for the last month. What uh, happened? Well, not the boat, but the trailer. It's that West Coast trailer oh, getting really? getting worked on. I, I got to do that. I haven't done it three years. Yeah, ago. I got you know. Not that it had a ton of issues. Um, the fender brackets were busted, so I'm, I had to get the fender brackets repaired, and and I got you don't do that yourself. No, I know you're a handy guy. You're yeah. an electrician, right? Yeah, but the uh, the brackets were some kind of manufactured tubing, you know, that connected to the trailer frame itself, and mm-hmm. it let the guys at West Coast they know what they're doing, you know, fix it right. Yeah, 
that way I don't have to worry about it. And I got rid of the um, the axles on my trailer. It's a two-axle trailer. Mm-hmm. And I got rid of the bearings, the regular Zerk fitting type, and, and I'm getting the sealed hubs on there. How much is that? Uh, I, I think for for both axles, you know, it's quite a bit of work. I mean, they're going to re- replace the brakes. Yeah. You know, they got to re- fix you the fenders. You had trailer brakes on there, too. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I think there there's uh, – I, I can't remember if it had brakes on both axles, but they're putting brakes on both axles now. So it just helps save the brakes on your truck. Yeah. So I think all said and done, it's probably going to be around three thousand bucks. You know, not not bad. It's a good investment. You know, because I nothing worse than getting your and I've had on my I had an old Mako and I've had I blew a a bearing and I lost the entire wheel on the freeway somewhere. Fuck. Yeah, I don't even know where it's at right now, but destroyed the axle, destroyed the fender, left a big skid mark on the side of the boat. I gotta fucking take my. I haven't had. I tried my trailer service once. I've had it for through my boat for four years yeah. i've done enough shit on that boat yeah no for me it's a peace of mind you know i, I want to be able to know that i could leave my house and, and drive to ventura and back and not have to worry about blowing a bearing somewhere yeah. i've heard i've seen i've heard a lot of guys that fish swba and sbs you know couldn't make the tournament because they they blew a bearing on the way yeah. to the you know Fuck. to the venue or on the way home or whatnot or yeah. they get there and then something happened you know so you were fishing swba then too yeah how long did you fish SWBA? Uh, I want to say at least five, five to six years. Maybe? So pretty, pretty yeah. like almost the whole. Yeah, I, I I was fishing it when a lot of the guys used to fish it, you know. And then you know they all kind of everyone kind of went their own way. You know, mm-hmm. you don't really see the same faces anymore. It's replaced by a lot of new guys. And same thing with SBS. You know. Yeah. You get a lot of new faces, which is good. You know. Um, I was telling my partner, I said, I just don't know whether or not I'm going to actually fish tournaments next year. Really? Uh, I, I, I just got Long Beach overdose this year. And I, <laughs> I really, it just, it was too much for me. I was like, everything was Long Beach, Long Beach, Long Beach. And, and a San Diego sprinkled in. And there was nothing in between it. It got kind of stale. Do you me. want Newport? Well, I would have appreciated Newport, especially in the championship when it came to day two. Because <laughs> Spotty's in Long Beach for me was, is, is a death sentence. Yeah. You know, and. And I don't like fishing in crowds, you know, and I knew that Alameda's and Huntington Harbor were just going to, that's where everyone's going. Yeah. And there was going to be a handful of people of, of dopes, and I was one of them, that fished Long Beach proper. Yeah. And we caught the, we caught the shit out of sand bass. So we probably had, a, we had our biggest sand bass bag of the entire year fishing in the harbor for spotties <laughs> than we did fishing on the, the stones and the reeds yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I mean, that was our first DNW. Really? Oh, yeah. No and I way. remember, yeah, you know, yeah, it was, it, but everyone, you got to take your lumps. I mean, I didn't complain about it, you know. Yeah. It happens, you know. I don't regret, you know, the decisions we made, you know. I I think we probably could have done things differently for sure. Mm-hmm. But at the end, you know, I was over it. You know, day two, we day one, we did okay. Day two, I was like, you know, I could see the writing on the wall, you know. So you're ready to just fun fish and Yeah, and, and I'm not a fan of two-day championships. I hate them with a passion. I hate do you like? Do, do you miss running to the island to do uh, tournaments? Um, I never really did though because my boat was back then smaller, you and the I boat. just didn't. I, yeah, and I, you know, I just didn't feel like making a run to the island because I, you know, even fishing SWBA, he had the Ventura tournament, which I love that place. I love Ventura. I love fishing Channel Islands, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, you know, from the harbor, you're like fifteen miles from the island. You know, Catalina is maybe twenty, nineteen, twenty. San Clemente is like, why do I want to drive 60 miles do you, in a boat? Do you go there? No. Never. Not on my boat. I've no. gone on other people's boats. You won't go on your boat? I don't want to say I won't. I will. But if I have my choices, I'd rather drive in my towing my boat to Oxnard and launch out of Oxnard to go fish Channel Islands and, and, really? and take a 17 mile, 15 to 17 mile run on the water as opposed to a 60 mile one way to the front side of Clemente. Plus all the gas on the boat, you know. God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of guys don't like to drive. I'll drive up there because I yeah, think it's still yeah. one of the last places where you can get a really good calico bite going on. I think Clemente gets hammered a lot. Catalina too. Same and thing then you got to deal with the closures around San Clemente Island for the Navy operations and whatnot. Then you got to deal with, you know, okay, we had a good crossing, but the wind's coming up and we're going to get our ass beat for 60 <laughs> miles going home. You know, And I know a lot of the guys, man – like Reyes and Jay Jones and those guys are pretty hardcore. I mean, they do that stuff 
a lot and I they know. just get beat up a lot <laughs> <laughs> but they keep going back which is you know yeah if that's what they enjoy you know so be it you know yeah throw a rig right yeah yeah i guess <laughs> you're not an a rig guy no you no. hate them huh i don't say i hate them i just i've never really uh fished them enough to get the bug to, mm-hmm. to, to really be like that's my go-to you know i gotta have one tied on i don't yeah yeah with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market but yeah. you you're open to different opinion like different beats you won't just yeah yeah and i think that's where carrie my partner he, he's a good partner in that sense because i get kind of scope locked on one thing and it's funny because uh i i tie on the same stuff every time because it's what gets bit but i'm open to anything i'll mm-hmm. throw anything but i start out with the, the tried and true you know yeah for the situation i know santa monica if i'm fishing like malibu i know this bait and this color works nine out of ten times yeah you know long beach Break wall this, Long yeah. Beach, PV that. And he's good at that. Like, I'll get scope locked on one thing, and he'll be trying some oddball thing, and he'll just start getting crushed on it. And um, I think it was year before last, Jerry had the King of the Calicos. Mm-hmm. And I was really pumped up about that tournament, you know. It was uh, three tournaments, or I think it was three tournaments, and it was all, you know, Calico-only islands, blah, 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 you know. The first one was Mission Bay, and it was kind of disappointing. He only got, I think, 12 boats. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I couldn't figure it out. I mean, this is what you guys wanted. You guys, Calico's yeah. only. And, yeah. You know, fish Mexico, fish Clemente, you know, yeah. and, and only drew 12 people, and I couldn't it scratch my head. But the really? funny thing was, yeah, the funny thing was, we launched out of Mission Bay for that first one, and we launched in the dark. I think it was like 4 o'clock or something like that. It was some crazy hour, you know, it gave time for the guys to run, to run they... and get there at daybreak, you know. Okay. So... We had, out of those 12 people, you had a, a handful that went to Clemente. And then you had Who another- Who were the guys that entered that one? Uh, anchored, mm-hmm. Team Anchored, you know, Aruru, Matt and Andy, Jay Jones, okay. Gary Reyes, uh, Ty Ponder, you know, those type of guys. And um, there was a handful of guys that ran down 50, 60 miles down into Mexico, mm-hmm. you know, and there was a handful, maybe one or two boats that went to the Coronados. And so everyone's taking off. They're they're running full throttle, and me and Carrie were fishing spotties in Mission Bay in the dark. <laughs> so I never get bit in the dark. So we just stayed in the in the harbor, yeah, until it got light, and we were fishing spotties. You know, and it got light. We drove out of the harbor, went about maybe a quarter mile, and we and almost won it. You know, I we think we ended up in third. Where'd you guys just fish kelp? Yeah, fished wow. the kelp on the weedless. Yeah. yeah, it was it was probably one of the best weedless bait bites I've ever had in Point Loma. Do you like fishing down there a lot? Um, pressured more or I lately think, i think lately yeah. yeah i think you got guys that are just going out there and just beating the same shit up all the time you know and it just gets a little old you know and you know it's just you got to fight the party boats for some of the like you you go to the um <clears throat> sorry you get to you go to the uh the pipe and you got mm-hmm. at certain times of the year you got like five or six sporties anchored up on it fuck the good thing about tournament fishing is that we're out there before them and i'm sure they're thinking the same thing when they they go to the <laughs> pipe one on one saturday and all of a sudden they look out their fucking window and there's like you know 20 boats locked up all over the yeah. pipe and they're like what the f you know yeah but you know it's just one day out of their lives you know i think they'll live yeah but. you got your uh bait uh done by what was it when they they remolded it what was the name of that row industries yeah that yeah. thing is fucking cool it came I like out, that it came out pretty good yeah i mean if have I, you poured a lot already of the uh, since you did that i have yeah. i have and i know it's a, i mean it's a different rtv that they use and y- you know you really gotta so heat that, that mold, mold up that molds rtv yes. too. okay yeah, but it's a different 
it's a stiffer RTV. It's like it's a machine almost, right? No, it's still poured. They they still have what they did was they took my master, which was oh, and then they they uh, did a three D okay. print of it, mm-hmm. and they they well they they scanned it right and and fixed any imperfections as far as making it thick on one side. Or, well, yeah. balance it from head to tail. That yeah. The right side is a mirror image of the left side, uh-huh. and everything's concentric. Everything's straight. You know, there's no. It's not leaning to one side. Yeah. You know? And um, from there, they, I had them make me uh, pour me a few molds, and they still have the master just in case I want more molds. Mm-hmm. It's easier for them to pour it. But this this mold, it's a lot stiffer plastic, and I and I've noticed that I have to warm up the the mold a lot more as far as run more, you know dummy plastic through it to get it up to temperature because I find that when it's cold, you get a lot of that orange peel look on it. It has a lot of dimples on the, that's one thing I never learned. Like I would, I didn't know about heating up the mold and I'd be like, why the fuck is it looking like that orange peel? That's what they call that orange peel. And it's because the mold's not up to temperature, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's cooler. It's a lot cooler than the, than the hot plastic. And you kind of get, I think like tiny micro bubbles, you know, I don't like it either, and yeah. that's the one thing with this. These new molds, I gotta really. Did you read? You could redo them though, right? I mean, you yeah. could just pour a master, right, from right, that. out of that, right. But and, it's like a and polish it more because I think now you don't feel like it's as polished as it was. I don't think it is. I think you know the guys did a really great job on it. I mean, no, I got no complaints. If if I if I the only the only if I had to nitpick, I would say it. You know, polish the master a little more that way because it seems like now that the baits are a lot more like of a matte finish as opposed to that glassy. And that's that I like talking about this because what if there's a guy that's a bait maker and thinking about doing this? I, I've never heard anyone talk about how it fucking worked out. So it's cool to hear you talk about it and going, well, this is what I think. And, and I don't know what other people do. Cause I don't talk to the like Gary about his process or Poncho about his and process. The thing that I think is different with yours. Some people said, I don't want to do that because I feel like the imperfection is part of the bait. Like that's how it swims, which is the argument to like what you think well symmetrical now. I, yeah, I like clarity. I like when I pour a clear belly, I want to see it clear and not opaque. As unless I want to make the belly opaque. Yeah, you know? and you know, I I don't know how anybody else finishes their baits, their masters. You know, and I mean, I just use a piece of ply, uh, not ply, but a piece of a uh, I said like one by two pine, mm-hmm. cheap pine. But I use a Dremel and I draw my shape out and I shape. I take off all the heavy, heavy wood and I and I shape it and I get it really nice. And and then you do a lot of hand sanding. But when I finish what do you, it, what do you? That's my after I after I it. after I get it, you know, with really fine sandpaper, I get it nice and smooth, really nice. Clean it off really well. Wipe, get all the dust off it and all this other stuff. And I just use a urethane. Really, I just spray it with a with a urethane. You know, what I mean, get several How layers many coats, of that. Just one coat. No, no, because one won't do it. Because, it, <laughs> exactly because, it, because the one coat, one it. coat, it just seems to kind of um, the wood just kind of absorbs it, and then you till you build up layers of it, and it's usually pretty smooth, you know. And I'll sit there just with a maybe with like four, four or five coats, maybe oh, maybe more, yeah. you know. Wow. And you don't want to put it on too heavy because you get runs, you know. You just want to get it enough so it's shiny, and then you let it sit for a couple hours, you know, mm-hmm. or you just get that really fast drying stuff. Then you just shoot it up with some more. It, it could take two or three days to get it to where your master the way. Yeah, and it. and the way I do my boxes too is probably a lot different than what everyone else. A little more work, I guess. You know, like I'll take the wooden master and I'll drill, and depending on the size of it, I'll drill maybe four to five um, small holes in the back, and I'll take like a six thirty two by you know one inch or or one and a quarter uh, machine bolt, and I'll cut the head off it, mm-hmm. and I'll get some of that. Um, super glue the gel and i'll put some in the hole i drilled in the back of the bait and, I, and i'll insert those pins in there and then i'll get a flat piece of wood you know that has a good coating that the rtv doesn't stick to and i drill holes and i stick the pins through there and i bolt it down so it sucks it down really hard to the bottom you don't really get a lot of that um rtv that wants to run into so this the, is the flat part yeah you're, you're doing yeah. it on and i just do a wooden box around it wow you know, a wooden box it's a I, lot more you know what i like using is a um melamine and some guys use that corrugated plastic. I have that too. The, the hot glue gun or whatever, yeah. you know, or Legos. Well, the corrugated <laughs> plastic, the only thing I don't like is you don't get a perfect square mold. Like I 
take my time to do it. I want it to be like perfect. Yeah. So I made one of some fucking bait and it, it looks like shit because yeah. I use that corrugated plastic. I and mean, I know a lot of guys like Pearl, I'm sure does that. I know Gary does that. You know, they, uh, they do production molds. That's when I, and I mean by that is they'll have, Oh uh, yeah. They pour like 10 baits. Yeah. They'll yeah. have one l- chunk of, of RTV that has maybe five to eight cavities. Yeah. In it. And I, all, every single one of mine is a single cavity. Oh, you do single pours. Yeah. Because okay. the way I pour my baits, you know, to get a certain effect, it's easier with a single cavity. Yeah. So Mike likes to pour his, he waits a while between his colors. Do you do the same thing? You wait a little while between your colors? If, I, if I'm pouring hard lines. Okay. You know, and I'm not, in uh, a while for me, it's like maybe 30 seconds or less. Okay. Because, it are, because when you pour a belly and you're doing a three color bait, mm-hmm. when you pour your belly and tail, um, that plastic is going to start to skin over on the top in, you know, less than 30 seconds. And you pour your middle strip, but you want it to be, the middle strip to be hot enough and the bottom belly to still be hot enough that they'll fuse together still, you know. And, and a lot of times if you wait too long, you get separation. Parting line, line, lines where the, the sometimes the baits will actually come apart yeah. in the colors, you know. So, and but I do a lot of mine now. I still do a lot of baits in hard lines. But I do a lot of what's well, like blending the colors, yeah. you know, get them to kind of blend together and, and they end up with a totally different color and where they meet sometimes and it gives it a good effect, you know. You don't paint your baits, do you? No, no. Because your colors, I'll give you one thing, is they look a lot different than other baits. Where they blend and but they blend very nicely. Yeah. It's, um, it's just, and so it's like a like you said, the thirty seconds I could see that happening because they blend really nice. They're kind of like a different yeah. looking bait. Like that's the thing I'll give you is your colors look different. Your bait looks a lot different than a lot of the other weedless baits, which yeah. I think is cool. Like just something different, you know, d- uh, gets bit different stuff. Yeah. Bit, you know, and I, a lot of times when I'm blending colors, I won't even give it any time between like I'll pour the belly and tail. And as soon as I put down the pirate strip, I grab the other one. I pour right on top of it, Wow, you know, and it, it, it it'll, you know, absorb into the other color so far and it'll, it'll mix and, it, and you don't have any of those lines, you know, like, where hard lines yeah hard lines are where the bait was a little the it was a little bit cold and you could see the outline of you know the yeah yeah and you won't get those baits to pull apart or Uh or or separate delaminate you know so when you when you were kind of like got into the bait making pearls around mc big hammer right yeah i think reeves was definitely around but he wasn't he wasn't doing a, a weedless bait. And and the thing, too, is what Mike talks about, there was a San Diego scene and a, like kind of a Orange County Long Beach scene, right? And then there was uh, Inland Empire scene, which was just me. That was you, <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there was kind of, there's a lot of different. So, when I think of the bait uh, makers, I think you and Poncho are kind of like on your own little thing because you guys don't, you have your own little thing where you're like, I'm just doing it. If people want to come get it, it's fine. Right. Then you have the Pearls, MC, Big Hammer, uh, you know, Reeves, uh, kind of almost like you a little bit, maybe for San Diego, but I'm not sure. I'm only a couple years deep. So I'm kind of, it's a little bit of a separation where you guys go all, all have a little different outlook on the whole bait making procedure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times anymore, you post anything on, on social media, you got to keep posting on social media because you get forgotten about really fast. You think that happens? Yeah, I, I don't know what happens. <laughs> because it happens to me all the time. <laughs> you know, like, I'll post a picture of a bait that I just made and, you know, it'll go around for like maybe four or five days and then you won't hear a peep from it again. And if I want to actually sell a few baits, you know, if I like, oh, I need a, a couple quick bucks, you know, then I pump it up a little bit and and. Every time you you post something or you pump up your bait a little bit, you get a lot, you get quite a few hits. You know, you don't get a ton of them, but I think that's kind of how I I like it right now because I, you know, you know, I have a day job and it's just really tough sometimes to come home and, and know that you've got like a dozen orders and, to fill and, and these people get really antsy when you don't get their bait out real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I brought some stuff in my car just. <laughs> But, you, know, you know what I mean? But, but you know, that's the way people are. I mean, they, and I don't blame them. You know, they, they, they want, but I what feel they like want. at the same time, you're not, you, you're not trying to look for that right now because you're kind of on your own deal and you could do that. I think with your bait, you could, you could monetize off of it and do what you wanted it to do. But 
like you said, we just talked to to um, Gray Fishers. They had a clothing company. And it's like you have to take the time to make sure you post every four days, however the fuck I much know, you got to keep it relevant. You yeah, gotta, and it's you, like if you you don't need to do that, you're you're like paying for your hobby pretty much. No, what you but do then right now. but then you, you do something like then you get the critics that always come out. There's always a fucking critic for everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's why like I was telling you. Uh, I was telling you that the um, this one bait that I, I saw that was uh, two baits for thirty bucks, mm-hmm. and I'm like. How the hell are you going to pay thirty bucks for for these two baits? You know, I'm looking at the picture. They look really wonky. They don't look. They look like crap to me. I mean, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to be a total a hole, but it, that's just my opinion. You know, yeah. Whatever. And so, but and I think I, at the same time, so a freshwater bait, people pay a lot more for a, a freshwater plastic than a saltwater. It water. seems like it, yes, because yes. your saltwater uh, weedless is what tops six to ten bucks. Yeah tops i mean tops I, it's just hard to justify getting anything more than that for a for a piece of plastic you know you try and you get shot down <laughs> but, but then again so the hard. market the market isn't that way right like you know everyone's got to be on the same page to go we're all going to be at this number yeah i just you don't know? think that saltwater guys are willing to pay as much as the freshwater guy is mm-hmm. for a, for a, a a bait that's basically the same thing it's just plastic with yeah. the eyeball glued on it. Yeah. That you put a weedless. You know one else does it. that though. You you do the eyeball, right? I, I mean do for now. Fresh salt water. I do now. Yeah. And at first I did and I was like I was against it because I thought, you know, it catches people, not the fish. You know, the fish don't really give a shit, but I but I kinda changed my tune a little bit. And that and I changed it, like I said earlier, because uh it's just kind of the evolution. It's kinda of what I want now. Mm-hmm. It's just it just looks good to me, you know, and um does it help catch more fish? It might inspire another bite, extra bite or two, you know. But I think a lot of times when you're fishing calico bass, they're they're an ambush predator. You know, a lot of times they're not taking the time to fully examine the bait. They're just seeing something dart by, and they're 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 taking the opportunity to eat it. Yeah, you know. And um, definitely, I don't know that that works. I think it it de- I think it definitely works catching anglers though, <laughs> because yeah, because they want to see that stuff. I mean, they they see something like this, and they're like, man, that looks really cool. I mean, and and this is a really, really, really pretty bait. Yeah, you know, this guy right here. Um, I just fish it today. I mean, it swims really good too. I mean, we yeah, fish it at the lake. That working class zero. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. I mean, yeah. it looks like a really good bait. You know. And 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 I'm sure you put time in just like anyone else, and that's why it's kind of like it's a, just a different beast. Yeah, I guess. and like the new bait I just got back. I mean, I'm you know I I was I put some up there for more than I typically sell them for because it was a lot more work involved to get it to do that you have point. A, a website? I don't. How no. do you do it? Like on a little just just Instagram. Instagram okay. is, you know, hit me up if you want something like that you know i'm not trying to get too serious about it because you get a website and then you're kind of locked in you're, you're kind of committed at that point you know but i think a website helps eliminate all the tire kickers for sure because <laughs> you get tire like, oh, i get them i get them all the time and i've actually had some in the past where you know you get these people that you know they have money you know their parents have money you know they where they <laughs> where they live they have money you know what i mean their parents. Well, but yeah, that, I mean that's a, that's the truth of it, you know. Yeah. And, and and you still get these guys that want to uh, just knock you down and try to whittle you down in price. I'm like, uh, there was one guy that uh, promised the moon and didn't deliver. You know, well, I'm gonna, I'll promote you on this, I'll promote you on that, and never really did. I never really seen anything. I never got any more sales because of it, you know, because of anything he claimed to have done. Mm-hmm. But he wants uh, more baits. And he's like, well, you think you'd give us a discount? And I'm like, sure. I'll give you a discount. And I just went and deleted the whole order. <laughs> now I'm just done. I just don't deal with that no more. Yeah. I don't want to haggle. It is what it is. Take it or leave it. If you don't like it, go buy someone else's stuff. I'm not here to 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 wheel and deal. Yeah. This is what it is. It, it takes me time. I think a lot of guys, they don't realize the amount of money that you invest to do this stuff in, in plastics, glitters, colors, and, or, or in the actual time, you know, like I got a nine to five, you know, I work. Your wife my must want to kill you sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's times I'm sure, but she works retail. So she's not home a lot. You know, when I'm home, it's just her hours are always changing and stuff. And so, I mean, I try to do it, you know, a lot of stuff when I'm alone, 
but I don't really always have the opportunity to do that. You know, like my first couple of years, I sold a lot of baits, you know, and it just kind of petered off because I just kind of stopped promoting it. You know, they got tired of dealing with all the tire kickers and all the, all the critics, you know, and I, I get easily affected by the internet. I get easily drawn in and, and, and it gets me down sometimes, you know, um, I let it affect me more than it should, you know, and I got to learn and I've learned a lot the last couple of years to just stay out of, you know, don't get, don't get drawn in to debates and bull crap. Like, um, <laughs> someone posts something negative, you know, just, just ignore it and it'll go away type of thing. You don't you need to, to feed the beast. You, you can't feed the beast because it never stops. And there's where there's one critic, there's another and there's another. And I just don't need to be involved in anything online, whether it's political or with the baits. You know, I think the last time I, I talked about there was what I, what I considered bait wars. You know, it Hold was, on, in, my, it was in my own we'll mind. We'll talk about the last time oh, we talked. Uh, we have a, a podcast that... Uh, Everyone had one too many uh, Frosty Brutoskis. Mm -hmm. So uh, that one's not getting released, but we had him on and we talked about Poncho and and, uh, Gary. And Gary, and they're talking about bait wars. And and, uh, if you want to explain that that to everyone. That was my thing. I don't think it was Poncho's thing, or (laughs) that was in my head. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm talking about. I I just let the internet control me too much and I let it get to me too much and and I read into it too much, you know, and. And I'm easily affected. It's hard. To, it's hard to let stuff run off my back, and you know, because I it eats at me, you know. And and what I meant by that was, it seemed like w- back when I was into the mode of I was trying to promote it a lot more and sell a lot more. Um, I would take kind of a little bit of a break, and I wouldn't post for a while, and then I, you know, get inspired, you know, again. I'd start pouring baits, and I'd start posting pictures, and I in the meantime I wouldn't. And, you know, at the same time, you wouldn't really hear a, a lot from from uh, Frank or Gary, you know, but it it happened more than once and it happened several times. And it, it just got too coincidental for me where <laughs> I would post a picture of my bait. Check it out. It's more of like a check it out kind of thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I would post a picture of my bait and I and I shit you not. It seemed to me more than once it, it, there would be like Gary or Poncho would post a picture of their stuff like literally five minutes later mm-hmm. on top of my and kind of bury my post you know what i mean i'm like what the f is going on you know but i think that's part of playing in your own head yeah and i think that's like I, i'm gonna say i'm kind of uh think like you like if someone pisses me off i'll shit on them i need to learn how to stop doing that like i'll fucking shit on them and i'll be like fuck this dude uh it's happened to me in this fishing industry like where someone made me mad and i'm like Fuck this guy, fuck him. Talk shit about him all the time, and I probably shouldn't because yeah, it's like why? What is that going to do? Well, I mean, and I, I and I and I and I feel like you you have like the same kind of like mentality. As yeah, me I, was say, like, I think it kind of let it get to me. Like I know that's not who they are. I know that's not what they're trying to do. Exactly. And, you know exactly. It, but I think it, it was all something that I put in my head, and it just because I said it seemed too coincidental. I get discouraged easily on stuff like that, and I just disappear while then you hear from me again you know like you know i just had to learn you know and you know gary's a great guy you know frank's even a good guy you know i just got to learn to just you know do my thing and not worry about everyone else you guys got along great yeah no no we're fine i don't have a problem with i don't have a problem with gary you know i don't have a problem with frank you know we i i think uh well bobby even took us to (laughs) island one time fishing me and me and frank yeah, uh, Big this Poncho. is a funny story. Tell this yeah, story. Was, yeah, we're all day going back and forth. You know, he's throwing his weed list. I'm throwing mine. And I'm getting bit and he's not for whatever reason, you know. And I can see he's getting a little frantic and a little discouraged, you know, and and so forth and so on. And and I was like, and I told him, I said, hey, he's not getting bit. I said, hey, I'm going to get bit. I said, you want to use one of my baits? Go ahead. There's a bunch in the bucket. <laughs> oh, they, they don't have, you know, they like a, they like a poor... Then I could melt the plastic down and pour, you know, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, well, at least you have good colors then. <laughs> but that's all that's just, just ribbon, you know, just, yeah, you know, just crabbing. fucking around busting balls, dude, of course. Yeah. I mean, Bobby was here. He'd tell that story about the Catalina Island. I'm sure his big, Bobby his big, would. his big, the big calico he got and yeah. had, had Frank scooped it up and. Like, you know, but like Frank, like Frank said when he was well, here, yeah, you can he tell gave, it. He gave me, he gave me props. Right? I mean, he, Frank's not like he's not like that, you know. But I feel like you guys are like the same uh, together. Like 
you guys both do something a little different. Yours yeah. baits are a little more. You have an idea. The wobble's different. Yeah. Where Big Poncho has like, his is like more like on the fly kind of like. I like it just to feel how I'm gonna feel. Yeah. Where you're like, no, symmetrical. I want to wobble this yeah. way. So it's like total two different things. Two, two, two you know? different two different style of baits. And his works really well. He does a really good job. He's really good at what he does. You know, and 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 he's got a lot of guys that that like him. I mean, he's like I said, Frank's a good guy. I don't yeah. got a problem with Frank. You know, I got a problem with nobody. You know, I just you know. The problem I had was basically in, like, in my head with myself and the internet, and that's why I just had to chill out the last couple of years and just not let, just kind of let, try to let things run off my back a little more and not take everything so personally, you know. And I think that which is easy to do with Instagram and fucking well, because social I'm, media. I'm I'm insecure with my stuff as it is, you know, because yeah. I just don't think it's good enough half the time, you know. And and I, you know, I just got to learn to relax, and it is what it is. A lot of times I, I make this stuff for me, you yeah, know? and I make it for a few guys that really like the baits. And, you know, I think um, Mike was telling me he was uh, with Pearl. He he was fortunate to have a lot of really good guys to help him get where, he, you know, get his bait out there and get yeah. it, get the get the buzz going. You know, and um, I don't know that I necessarily had that. But at the same time, I don't know that I necessarily wanted it either. You know I mean, yeah. I like mine was my thing is like more check it out. Check out what I did, you know, and he, I and when I post pictures more like. This is pretty cool. Check it out. And then I'll get a couple of people say, well, how much would you willing to sell? I said, yeah, you know, if you want some, this is what it is. You know? Yeah. I'm not trying to shove it down anyone's throat. Yeah. But like I said, you always get, you always get the guy on the post that wants to be negative, you know, without, I forget one guy, I forget what it was. I was trying to get rid of a lot of baits, you know, and I, I think I had four or five of them and yeah. I was trying to sell for like seven bucks a piece, you know, just to get them out of there. And he's like, one guy's like, oh, $45 for four plastics, you know. SMH or some crap like that. I'm like, no one's telling you to buy it, dickhead. Move yeah. on. I mean, what the hell? It's always going to be some guy that's just got to. And I think that's just internet. I think that's be an something. a-hole and just say one thing under your breath, but you got to physically type something out. Like, that's another level of asshole, you know? I think that's just trolls and that's just the uh, uh, Instagram reality nowadays. But yeah, I think, I mean, I, I think people should buy your shit, man. Just same thing with Big Ponchos, Gary's. Like, uh, you guys have all have amazing baits. Little different. Everything's something yeah. different, you know. Like I said, it's and a uh, pearl. I mean, everyone that's been on here that's talked about baits. I mean, it's like you guys are all different people. So what you're you're putting out on your bait is all different. Everything's a little yeah. different. It's just know? an alternative to what everyone else is. Yeah, got. it's not it's not the end all say all. You know. Yeah. You know, those who know use it. And those who like them still use it. But, you know, there's a lot of alternatives out there. You know, Gary makes a good bait. Pearl makes a good bait. You know, Frank makes a good one. Corey makes a good one. Yeah. You know. Um, Big Hammer never made a weedless, huh? I think they did. Really? I think they tried. It looked just, I think it was kind of a sledgehammer with a okay. rounded off yeah. end. Um, didn't yeah, seem never. to take, I'm not, a, you know, no offense to, to that. I just, I just don't really, I mean, that is just too soft plastic for me. I mean, it just really is. It's like a gummy bear, you know what I mean? It's just really too soft. I mean. Yeah. But to each his own. They they work well. There's been That's a lot of success. That's what people might like, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there's been a lot of success with guys that use um, big hammers. I mean. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I used a Kytec. Is that? Kytec, yeah. That's and that soft. thing fucking I know. fell apart right when I. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, like, I never use one. I use Damiki usually. Yeah, and no. the Demikis last a lot longer, but the Kitek fucking fell apart. And I was like, "Oh shit!" I caught yeah. two calico, and the fucking thing was bit in half. I'm like, "Oh, I know." Yeah, they work good. I mean, yeah, that was they, our... they swim really good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, with that softer plastic, you get a better, you get more action, a different type of action, but yeah. you also lose a lot more, especially when you got like a bait that has a really wonky hook keeper on it. And it rips the oh, plastic, fuck, and then it's, yeah. what do you do then? Then you yeah. got to spend another ten dollars yeah. on five baits. <laughs> yeah yeah but well thanks for coming on brian i appreciate it um if you guys want to reach brian for some really nice weedless lures uh he's got all kinds of different ones so if you message him i'm sure he can tell you what kind of stuff he's got available or dm you a picture uh where can they reach you just at lk lures uh yeah on, on instagram okay okay facebook, facebook, facebook too okay. yeah facebook it's just basically uh there's 
I have a page, mm-hmm. Elke Lures, or just my personal page. Okay. You know? Yeah, so help support him. He's been a big help to the podcast. He helped support the podcast with the giveaway he helped out with. So uh, thanks again. Check out his lures. Calico Bite, Wheelist Bite's probably going to pick up really good right now. So uh, go grab some, guys. Thanks again, Brian. Thank you.